Hi again, everyone. I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for joining us here on localjobnetwork.com radio. And this is our podcast, Community Concepts, where we focus on diversity and employment specifically. Now, for this episode, we turn our attention to individuals with vision impairment and blindness as we learn more about the organization Vision Forward Association. On the line to give us the details of what they're all about is Terry Davis, the executive director of Vision Forward. Terry, thanks for coming on LGN Radio. Thank you for having me. Well, to start us off, I thought possibly you could give our listeners just a little bit about the how and why your organization really got started to begin with. Vision Forward actually began as the Badger Association of the Blind in 1990. So we are celebrating 95 years of services. And it was really an opportunity, kind of a grassroots movement from people who wanted to be able to create supportive services for adults and to help them achieve economic, social, and personal independence for those individuals who are blind or visually impaired. And today it's grown into a large nonprofit organization reaching close to 5,000 people a year. And you mentioned a little bit there about what you're all about. Do you have specific missions or goals or a vision overall that you're trying to accomplish maybe each year overall as an organization? Yes, to all of those, actually. (laughs) Our mission is to empower, educate, enhance the lives of individuals impacted by vision loss through all of life's transitions. And what we really do today is to provide a continuum of services for people of all ages and at all stages. Every seven minutes, someone in our country loses their sight. And so we want to be here as a resource for them. We can work with families who have infants as young as six weeks old, all the way to families who are nearing their end of life and are dealing with vision issues. So we want to help people wherever they're at, and their families. And so that's why Vision Forward is here. And we'll definitely get into some of the details of the organization, but I wanted to ask a couple of questions related to vision loss and maybe some of the impacts. Mm -hmm. What sort of impact does occur for those individuals and their families as well when there is a, a case of vision loss? What we're learning here and seeing every day in the work that we do is, is really very interesting. And we've learned that vision loss really impacts the whole family. Mm -hmm. Vision is not a one-size-fits-all, and there are so many varying degrees of vision loss. Some of our customers and clients are blind. Some of them have low vision. Some of them have changing vision. Some of them may be experiencing some sight changes. And so that impact affects everyone differently. And many times, the social-emotional piece can really be looked at as if someone has experienced a traumatic event. When you talk to people and you ask them, you know, what are their fears? What are they worried about? Oftentimes people will say they don't want to lose their vision. Hmm. They would rather have a limb removed or, or you know, it's, it's, it's very traumatic for people and their families. And so the varying levels of that emotion really can take some time. Adults, you know, people our age who have lived full lives and have had their sight, all of a sudden we may become an, involved in an accident and now we've lost our sight or we're losing our vision. And the emotional impact of that can be very trying. We've learned that oftentimes people will go to the ophthalmologist and the doctors who are having trouble with their eyesight, and the doctors will recommend that they come to us for supportive services and to help, you know, learn the adaptive skills that they need to do to live healthy. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes those individuals will wait a year to two years before they come to us because, again, that thought is, well, if I, if I just kind of ignore it and let it be, it'll go away and my eyesight will get better. Right. And really, we want people to come to us as soon as they can. 
Along those same lines, you mentioned that many individuals will say they'd rather lose a limb than their vision. And I think a lot of people can understand that. But do you feel the general population often overlooks the problems and the issues that might be associated with vision loss? Yeah, I I think there's a lot of stigma associated Mm -hmm. with vision loss because there's definitely a lack of understanding and a lack of awareness. For some individuals, the isolation of a vision loss, again, if you've been, you know, driving your car for 25 years and going to work and now all of a sudden you're sitting at your desk at work and you're having a hard time seeing the computer or you're having a hard time getting to work, the impact of that and who do you tell really can be hard. And so oftentimes people don't want to do that. Or if you're a parent of a young child and you're taking your child into the grocery store and a stranger's coming up to you asking you very personal, intimate questions about what's wrong with your child, people might start to really uh, withdraw and not be engaged in some of the typical developing and normal things that we do every day and, and, and don't take for granted. Sure. Now, you touched on this a little bit earlier uh, as far as the individuals you work with and the ages can range, obviously, from extremely early on to the end of someone's uh, lifespan. What other requirements, if any, are there when you're looking to help certain types of individuals at Vision Forward? Do you have certain areas that people need to sort of reach as a requirement, or are you looking to help anyone and everyone? We're looking to help people who have changing vision or no vision and their families. And really, there's no specific requirement. If someone's even not sure, we want them to reach out and and get help. We're here and we don't want people to wait. If you're on an adult and you're losing your vision, or maybe you don't know, Mm -hmm. maybe you've gone to the eye doctor and the eye doctor's referred you to an ophthalmologist, we would want you to have a dilated eye exam within the last six months before you come in our adult program and receive services because we want to make sure that you've engaged with your doctor first and that we have that information. But really, we want people to be able to reach out. It can be family members. Uh, maybe it's, it's an adult parent and your, your, your mom or dad is in their 90s now and you know they're having trouble with their vision and you know they're having trouble reading. Sometimes we can give that family member tips about what to do because sometimes in our efforts to help, those can often backfire without getting factual information and knowledge. So we really want people to reach out to us and talk to our staff because For us, many of our staff here also have experienced vision loss or have changing vision. We feel that we have a good handle on what's happening and what people can anticipate. Speaking of which, what type of uh, programs and services does Vision Forward offer in terms of helping individuals with visual impairments, um, things even like classes and different activities and what you might focus on there as well? Our children's program really starts out in our early intervention program. Again, serving children zero to the ages of six, and and then our youth program, helping them to be able to learn to adapt. For kids, up to 80% of what they learn in the first three years of life comes through their eyes, Mm. through their vision. So if they don't have that function and that capacity, we need to learn to teach them how to do things differently. Mm -hmm. So our children's program really focuses on that early intervention piece, vision consultation, getting the kids ready for school so they can be academically prepared and helping the parents adjust. You know, if you're a new parent and your child all of a sudden has this vision issue, it can be really difficult to to adapt and cope with that. Our adult side, we offer a variety of programs from our vision rehabilitation services, which really helps people get back into the employment arena. Maybe you've recently come across a vision 
loss and you need to learn computer skills a different way or you need to learn how to get to work. And so we're there to help people with that. We also have a low vision clinic for people who have low or or changing vision. We have a 57-unit apartment complex that's independent living for people. And we also have a store, a retail shop, where people can get products and adaptable products to help them continue to be independent. And then we have a social and recreational program. Oftentimes, people want to be able to have those experiences, those typical experiences that sighted individuals do, and to be integrated in Mm -hmm. those experiences. So that's a real important component of what we do as well. Well, I'm glad you mentioned all those things. I mean, it sounds terrific as far as giving individuals the opportunity to, as you said, integrate into some of these areas and make sure that they're not feeling that area of isolation that you talked about earlier. I want to go back to something you did bring up was the idea of employment. Of course, here at LJN Radio, you know, we focus a lot on employment and the different aspects that come along. And I know your organization doesn't specifically help individuals find employment, but I want to ask you about some of the challenges that these individuals might face in either finding a job or succeeding within their career if they do have some sort of vision loss. The employment piece is difficult because 70% of uh, the unemployment rate for blind and visually impaired people is around 70%. Mm. So when you think of our national levels of unemployment and then you look at people who are blind or visually impaired or have disabilities, that's a staggering result. And I think, again, that goes back to the lack of awareness and stigma associated. I will have people come to me and say, you know, I've, I've gone through the job application process. I got all the way to the interview and then they realized I had a vision issue or I was blind and all of a sudden I wasn't that top candidate anymore. And really what we try to do is to try to let organizations and employers know that people who have vision issues are highly successful professional individuals in our communities and they can hold jobs. They can do jobs. Sometimes they just need to be able to learn what that adaptation is to be able to do the job differently. And so our goal is to help individuals so they understand what their adaptations need to be, and also to work with employers to help educate and to, again, demystify Mm -hmm. what some of their traditional employment thoughts might be. And actually, I just had a guest on recently. Her name is Patricia Walsh. She was one of the first blind engineers at Microsoft. So Mm -hmm. clearly the opportunities are there if, as you said, you can get past some of those stigmas that some employers might have. Along those same lines, do you find that there are any certain fields or industries that seem to show a little more willingness and openness to hiring visually impaired individuals? Well, you know, there's a lot of great success stories out there of of companies and corporations. And and I, you know, Walgreens is is a good example of hiring people with disabilities. You know, Goodwill continues to try to demystify it and and change the stereotype. Mm -hmm. Manpower is another national company. And here locally, we work with Industries for the Blind and Beyond Vision, two um, wonderful organizations in our community that have some manufacturing and some components that really empower people who are blind or visually impaired to be in great opportunities and positions at their companies. Again, giving people the opportunity to do the job but being able to make sure that they can do it differently. And and we here at Vision Forward are another example of employing people who have vision issues or changing vision. You touched on it there uh, just for a moment. Uh, I wanted to ask about some of the relationships that your organization does have with other organizations that would be able to help with people in their careers, and especially in terms of, again, we're talking about vision loss and impairment. What are those relationships like and how does that help these individuals? Well, we're part of a, a group called the Disability Solution Collaborative, and that's made up of Easter Seals, Curative Care Network, Broadscope, 
Milwaukee Center for Independence and Life Navigators. And this is a collaborative effort that's really working together to create public awareness and expanding our presence in the workforce and really working with civic and community leaders, boards, targeting businesses and foundations to expand the idea that people with disabilities or vision issues can be viable, good employees and that there should be no shame in looking to hire individuals or fear in doing that. And this collaborative Mm -hmm. is really there to help make that a reality. Now, do you have any favorite stories uh, or two of any individuals you've been involved with or overall anything that's occurred in the time that you've worked there? You know, th- there are so many stories. There's, I can there's imagine. a story <laughs> of the mom whose child was, um, you know, we, we have gymnastics class and the child got to go to gymnastics and was jumping on a trampoline. And the mom came back a year later and said, my daughter was invited to her first normal and integrated birthday party with sighted children. And she got to be like any other child because she got to jump on a trampoline because mm. she had that experience at Vision Forward. Or I look at our IT and our adaptive technology staff, you know, Corey and Troy are visually impaired and they have been here for, you know, 10 to 20 years and they lead our IT and our adaptive training programs. And so they're big success stories to us and we're very proud of the work they do and and how they coach people to be able to give them the skills to go out into the workforce and be successful. And I do appreciate you sharing a couple of those. People, of course, always like to kind of put a face, so to speak, to what exactly the organization is doing in this case for Vision Forward. And as you said, some of the individuals that really do take joy and and get to do things, as you mentioned, that quote unquote normal people take probably take for granted on a regular basis. So I do appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Now we uh, are looking to wrap up here. So I wanted to ask if you had anything else you'd like to mention in general about Vision Forward or visual impairments, um, anywhere you'd like to go to leave off our listeners with our conversation today. I would say that every one of us probably know someone who either has macular degeneration, glaucoma, diabetes, changing vision. It could be a spouse, a neighbor, a family, a friend, an aunt and uncle. And I encourage people to seek out and get supportive services or help or inquire about what can happen so that their loved one can continue to live and lead healthy, independent lives. People don't need to wait. There are resources throughout this great country of opportunities with agencies just like ours who are willing to help. And I think that access to service is really important for people who have changing vision. With that, we will close out this edition of Community Concepts. Again, we've been speaking today with Terry Davis, the Executive Director of Vision Forward Association. Terry, thanks a lot for coming on and sharing some of the details. We do appreciate it. Thank you for having us. And of course, if you'd like to get in touch with us here at LJN Radio, just shoot us an email. LJNRadio at localjobnetwork.com is where you can send that. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. <laughs>